You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Jackson Brown, and you're listening to The Nicole Sandler Show. Hey, this is John from Five for Fighting, and you got my buddy, my longtime friend, the lovely Nicole Sandler. Hi, this is Donald Fagan. And this is Walter Becker. You know, Steely Dan. And you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hey, this is Jake Slechter. John Munson. Dan Wilson. We are Semisonic. And you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hi, this is Melissa Etheridge, and you're listening to my friend, Nicole Sandler. Hey, how you doing out there? This is Ziggy Marley, and you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hey, everybody, this is Pat Monahan from the band Train, and you're listening to Nicole Sandler, my favorite on-air personality. The Nicole Sandler Show. Music to my ears. Put Trump in jail, that Trump is no damn good. The word that threw a party in the county jail. The prison band was there and they began to wail. The band was jumping and the joint began to swing. You should have heard a knockdown jailbird sing. Let's rock. Everybody, let's rock. Everybody in whole cell block. Was dancing to the jailhouse rock. Spider Murphy played the tenor saxophone. Sleepy Joe's blowing on the slide trombone. The drummer boy from Illinois went crash boom bang. The whole rhythm section was a purple gang. Let's rock. Everybody, let's rock. Everybody in full cell block. Who's dancing to the jailhouse rock? Number 47 said to number 3. You're the cutest jailbird I ever did see. So would be delighted with your company Come on into the jailhouse rock with me Let's rock Everybody, let's rock Everybody in full cell block Let's dance to the jailhouse rock Rock, 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 rock Wanna put me in jail? Yeah. Let's rock. <laughs> Everybody, let's rock. Everybody in whole cell block. Let's dance to the jailhouse rock. Dance to the jailhouse rock. If only. Dance to the jailhouse rock. Please. Dance to the jailhouse rock. Dance to the jailhouse rock. Dance to the jailhouse rock. 
Dancing to the jailhouse rock. Dancing to the jailhouse rock. Uh huh. Uh, it's a guy named um, Maestro Oh Maestro Zikos or something is what he goes by. Maestro Z-I-I-K-O-S. And he edits together actual... Look, in this day and age of AI everything, this guy takes actual video and meticulously edits them together into, you know, songs like... He, he does tons of them. Look for him on... Um, on the uh, the YouTubes, because you'll see there's there's just tons of stuff there, and it's really really quite good. Um, so yeah, Maestro Zikos, ah, uh, it's wishful thinking. So uh, welcome to Wednesday. Do you believe it's only Wednesday? This has been a really busy news week, and it's only Wednesday. So I thought today we could use a little break. Right, we could use something, a, 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 an intermezzo, if you will, a um, a um, a sorbet, you know, a palate cleanser. So uh, we'll go through some of the news of the day. But here's the deal: uh, about a month ago, um, I took a Friday off, and I played for you a couple of old interviews that I had done with Melissa Etheridge over the years, and I played that because we were going to see Melissa Etheridge in concert. Well. Um, the week before that concert, I actually taped an interview with her. You see, now I've told you about this a few times, and um, I, I'm working diligently uh, on the side, doing, um, uh, helping, putting together a, a, a new media empire. It's going to be called Women Who Rock. And so I've been assembling a few artist interviews for our you know, premiere week. Um, I thought it would have been around now, but everything, just <laughs> everything's delayed. So we're now shooting, honestly, just so you know, I'll keep you posted on everything. We're shooting for a Labor Day launch. So we still got a couple of months. And I thought, you know what? I did this great interview with Melissa Etheridge, and we talked about so many things that we've been talking about. You'll hear when you hear the interview. And... um She's going to Broadway. And in fact, they just put up the tickets for sale for her Broadway show that starts in September. And I thought, you know what? You guys, you're my, you're my people. So I'm going to give you a preview of some of the stuff that you'll hear on Women Who Rock when we do launch it and, um, and give you a sneak peek of this. Uh, interview with Melissa Etheridge. Again, it's nothing you've ever heard before. It's never aired anywhere before. We taped it about a month ago, um, and it's ready to go. I just, you know, so so we're going to end the show with that today. And I'm telling you, if you need a little break from the politics, from the ugliness um, that we're confronted with constantly now, um, I encourage you to stick around for the interview with Melissa. It's just an interview. She doesn't perform. Uh, but we talk about everything. I mean, seriously, everything. Um, and uh, she's, you know, uh, I, I, that's all. I encourage you to, to uh, uh, stay tuned for that. So um, the interview runs around 25 minutes or so. So, yeah. Uh, Irving says, Melissa Etheridge is a great performer. Love her music and concerts. Um, and not only that, she is she's just as good of a person as you would expect. And I've been fortunate enough to... <laughs> Well, I say know her. Um, 
I met her like 35 years ago when her first album came out and our our careers sort of, you know, went parallel. So anyway, you'll enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, I was editing and I thought I don't want to wait until this um until we launch Women Who Rock to share that. So I'm going to share it with you guys. And I figured today we really could use a break from the politics. But before we get to that, we got to report on some of the politics, right? So yesterday I alluded to this. I said something about how, you know, the Republicans are bitching. Republic, the Republicans, Trumpers, you know, the delusional people in our society are bitching about how there's a um, a double standard in our um, uh, criminal justice system. And I agree with them on that. There is. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think I said something along the lines of, if it were you or I who stole classified documents, uh, that alone would be enough to have us... Um, uh, arrested and 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 prosecuted and uh, locked away for a long time. And I I mentioned, you know, thinking about it when when Donald Trump and uh, Walt, his his boy Friday, got to leave, no bond, no restrictions, no ankle bracelet, no nothing. And I was thinking that doesn't sound right. In fact, I believe that um, there's precedence. For people who've done a lot less, you know, in terms of criminal actions when it comes to stealing state secrets, um, uh, people who are, well, you know, um, who who were not treated the same way Donald Trump and Walt, whatever his name is, were. Um, And Chris Hayes, last night on MSNBC articulated exactly what I was trying to say. The thing is, he had the facts. So listen to this. Level, the whole conundrum here with Donald Trump, and this was true in the first indictment and the second, is that like at one level, no one is... No one's above the law. Everyone's equal under the law. At another level, he's the next president. So, like, he shows up with a Secret Service retinue. And that's just not going to be the case for anyone else, right? Nope. I did think the terms of his release are just worth pausing on. Reality winner was a 28-year-old security contractor who yep. wanted to basically alert journalists to the fact that Russia had indeed criminally meddled in the 2016 election. She printed out one document and she mailed it to an outlet. She was The FBI showed up at her house and she was detained for every day after they came to that house until she got out of prison for four years. Yes, four this years! This was not a person where there was like, oh, sure, you want to fly in your private jet? You want <laughs> right. to keep your passport? You want to go hang around? Like, that's not how they rolled. And the dude that they just got in Massachusetts, yeah. do you think he's running around the country? Do you think he's in his RV? You think he's going to have a summer vacation? You think he's going to go to his favorite golf spot in New Jersey? No, of course not. So, like, yes, at one level, there's a certain amount of deference because he's ex-president. Second of all, there's a logistical question of like, how do you deal with security? Third of all, like, I understand institutional concerns, but no one should be under under any illusion that this guy is being treated differently and better 
because he is the ex-president right. and has been throughout well, this process and all of these processes. And right. the whole defense, they're like, oh, everybody does this, and no. he's the only one who's getting in trouble for it. No, 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 it's no, no. opposite of the truth. But, but can I just say, that after he left, he goes right to Versailles, which everybody who's worked in campaigns that have touched Florida in any way know that is where you go, because that's the heartbeat of the Cuban-American exile community. It's a very deeply red Republican part of Miami. Miami-Dade is pretty much all red now. He goes into this place, Versailles, which is iconic for Republican Cuban Americans. The Versailles crowd, I'm just going to read from the Miami Herald, the Versailles crowd enthusiastically agreed with Trump's assessment of the legal system. In this country, they said, exists a system of justice that is not justice. If you have the last name Clinton or Biden, you you have a system of justice. If you have the last name Trump, it's another system of justice. This is Enrique Canton saying that in Spanish. He stood in front of Versailles, all afternoon in order to make his pro-Trump voice heard. The perception among his base is that he's being treated worse, the opposite of what you said. Yeah, but I I think the only thing I disagree with is that he's not being, you know, the line we have to draw is around him, not as an ex-president, but as a candidate currently for the next presidency. And I think what he is seeking to do and what I think we all have to be cognizant of in every minute of, of, of every event that happens is how he's distorting and programming this to his all right so so the 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 point that i wanted to get through was was the point that chris hayes made reality winner took one document one document and she was arrested you know well i guess when they executed whatever it was she was arrested and held through uh, until trial and then sentenced and served four years the day she was arrested, she didn't see sunlight again until her sentence, she served four years. So don't tell me that Donald Trump is being persecuted. Donald Trump is walking around today, a free man. Not, again, no ankle bracelet, no no nothing. And his, his uh, Walt, his, his um, body man, is the official title for uh, the job, um, is is there um, working for him. So the judge, the only restriction the judge placed yesterday, this was the magistrate judge who was only there for the arraignment. The magistrate said, you are not to discuss the um, this case at all. But he wouldn't go any further than that because he said he's not willing to, you know, cause Walt to lose his job. And I get that. Yeah, they both still have their passports. There's no restrictions. He can travel internationally. And you know what? At this point, I would say, good, Donald, get on a plane, go, and don't ever come back. Be some other country's problem. I'd be perfectly fine with that. But anyway, yeah, see, Gloria said he'll be long gone when justice finally comes knocking. Maybe he'll be with, um, uh, 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 what was his name, Ken Lay from Enron and Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I believe they're on an island somewhere. I don't believe either, either one of them died in jail. Here's my conspiracy theory, uh, you know, peeking out from the background. All right, just a few more minutes on... The events of yesterday, just because I've got to go through it. So, no, I didn't watch his speech last night. So Trump left the courthouse, goes to Versailles to hold court and do the political thing. And and then last night, so then he flew back 
back up to New Jersey at his Bedminster Golf Club, where he spoke to the uh, his gathered lemmings there. Uh, and no, I didn't watch any of it. But I did see one clip played today that, um, you know, on one hand, all I can think is, you know what, let him keep at it. You're right. Don't don't shut him up. Let him keep putting his foot in his mouth because everything he says is evidence. What do they say? Anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. Well, that includes when you're running your mouth off at your golf club in front of uh, your paid members. Indictment put forward by the Biden administration included staged photographs of boxes at Mar-a-Lago. Many people. Okay, they weren't staged. That's so. So they weren't staged. But uh, you keep going to and let. Oh, I had forgotten about his monotone rating of the teleprompter because he can't speak contemporaneously. Sorry. Okay, uh, keep going, Don. Ask me why I had these boxes. Why did you want them? Why? The answer, in addition to having every right under the Presidential Records no, Act, you did is not. that these boxes were. Containing all types of personal belongings, many, many things, shirts and shoes, everything. Yeah, and that's the problem. You mixed classified documents in with your shirts and shoes and everything to conceal the fact that you took classified documents, you piece of shit. As can be seen in the picture where someone, not me, I wonder who it might have been, Dumped one of the very neatly arranged boxes <laughs> all over the floor. Neatly arranged box in a storage room that was dumped because when Walt walked in the room, he found it on the floor with all the contents spilled out of it, including a very top secret, you know, five eyes only document that shouldn't have been there. And it's probably whoever put the guitar down in the room to leave it there temporarily because anybody could walk in and out of that room. They were full of newspapers, press clippings, thousands of pictures, thousands and thousands of White House pictures. Wrong, wrong thing. The White House photographers, some are with us today. Oh, shut up. They took so many pictures and we saved all of them and they were in those boxes. Yeah, Clothing, with your classified documents. And much, with, much more. And much, much more. The classified I, documents you stole and mixed in with your personal effects in order to smuggle them out of the White House illegally. Hadn't had a chance to go through all the boxes. It's a long, oh. tedious job. It takes a long time. Yeah, and you're so busy. Which I was... Okay, pre- okay that's enough. Sorry. I, you know, I, I, that's more more than enough. So he's not saying, I didn't do this. He's admitting he did it. He's admitting he took, and he's like, I had every right to. Well, no, you didn't. When he says, I had every right to. Bullshit. It's bullshit. Everything he says is bullshit. And, um, you know, uh, the, the, Trump's, you know, today's his birthday. Right. Uh, He's 77. You know, these are the same people who who um, they ridicule Joe Biden because of his age. What? Donald Trump is three years younger than him. (laughs) There's no difference there. Donald Trump is every bit as old as Joe Biden.
So, but, but they say, you know, it's okay if you're a Republican, right? So, uh, Don's evil spawn mouthed off. There's, I guess, a, I don't know if it's a streaming service, a channel, Real America's Voice, whatever the hell that is. And Don Jr., who the Chiron describes as an American political activist, businessman, and author. <laughs> um, so, they, you know, they, they bring him on to, uh, to, to, I guess, cry about daddy being arrested. And um, the thing, I don't care what he says. He, nothing he ever says makes any sense. But the thing that gets me on here is if you're watching video, look at his eyes. As someone who's been around, um, uh, you know, around people using drugs, look, I, I, I led an interesting life. Someone who's been around a lot of drug use, this is a man hopped up on something. I would say cocaine, but it, it might be more like, um, um, like PCP or something. Look at his eyes, and then listen to. I think Coke maybe because he says his S's and that's the kind of thing when, you know, when you do Coke, your nut, your, your gums get all kind of numb. Listen to how he speaks. It's all very uh, tortured. We are witnessing the end of the Republic. If this is allowed to go through, What? Uh, this is the stuff that we've seen come out of the communist and socialist regimes and dictatorships around the world. These are the kinds of things that if they were going on in other countries, uh, America would be talking about doing an invasion and getting no, into another war to no, prevent it from no, happening. And yet it's happening right here in our backyard, Steve. Uh, it's happening right here in our backyard, Steve. Um, no, the thing is, in a banana republic, um, you have, you know, the, the, the despots get away with it. It's in a democracy that you hold these people accountable. God damn it. It's just, it's all just astounding. It's all just astounding. So, all right, I played you the Trump thing. I played you the Donnie Jr. thing. Played you that. Um, I got a couple more couple more clips to play for you before we move on to Melissa Etheridge. Before we get there, I, I was going to tell you about my wonderful smoothie today. And, and show it to you, but I already drank it. I needed I needed the extra caffeine. And yes, today's smoothie of oh, the day. You see, here's my empty blend jet too. It had a coffee drink in it today, I, which I've been doing a lot lately because uh, I need that mid afternoon pick me up. And it tastes so good too. Especially, it's really really hot here in South Florida, and so that very icy texture of the smoothie helps as well. Um, the blend jet too is uh, seriously my favorite appliance that I've gotten this year. Uh, and we've got, I've got a food processor and I have a big blend. I've got one of those Vitamix blenders that's supposed to be the gold standard. I like this thing better because it's not so, uh, you know, it, it's not so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a pain in the ass. It's really easy. And when I'm done, when I'm done with the show, I'll take this in the kitchen, put a couple of drops of dishwashing liquid in. I could do it right in the top because I got this special uh, cap that you don't even have to unscrew the top, which was my only complaint about the Blendjet 2, and they they came up with a solution. So you, st- you, you throw a drop of dishwashing liquid in and fill it with water, and then you turn on the blender 
Well, that's just that's a blender going with nothing in it. But it it cleans it. It's it it is the coolest little toy. And I say it's you know especially telling you now because Sunday is Father's Day. It makes a great gift. Whatever you do, uh, check out the BlendJet too. Go to BlendJet.com. Uh, use the promo code FEEDME12. You'll get 12% off your entire order and free two-day shipping. And um, you're going to have a new favorite. Well, it's not a toy, but we can think of it like that, can't we? BlendJet.com. Promo code FEEDME12. Okay, so I played for you uh, Don Jr., right? Um a few other things uh, that that came to my um, attention. Uh, one, you know, as I sit here in Florida, still just can't can't wait to get the hell out of here. But uh, there are there are other factors um, at play, so it, it's still happening. I, it's just we're delayed, sort of like you know the launch of Women Who Rock. Sometimes it's circumstances beyond my control. But anyway, um, today I want to salute the governor of Illinois. His name is J.D. Pritzker. And why am I saluting J.D. Pritzker? Well, he's banning banned books. Not banning books, banning the practice of banning books. What? What? The argument for banning books always begins with the claim that it's about protecting the children. And yes, of course, we all want to protect our children, so they're reading age-appropriate material. But banning books from libraries isn't about that at all. Book bans are about censorship, marginalizing people, marginalizing ideas and facts. Mm-hmm. Regimes ban books, yes. not yes, democracies. Yes, they do. Regimes ban books, not democracies. Nazi Germany. Yeah. Fascist Italy. Yep. The Taliban's Afghanistan. Yeah. We refuse to let a vitriolic strain of white nationalism coursing through our country determine whose histories are told. Not in Illinois. Uh, not in Illinois. Good for him. You see, there are still some places in this country. Why does it get so cold in Illinois? All right, go there. It's just too cold. Um, but good on him, right? We need we need more leaders like that. We we seriously do. Um, it, it, along the same lines, you know, here in Florida, we're really um, um, struggling. You know, it's now school is out. School's out for summer. Someone should make that into a song. And um, I think a lot of schools are struggling because in the fall, they're going to be even, uh, there's going to be even a bigger shortage of teachers. And so there are these, you know, um, town hall meetings going on, school board meetings going on all over the country where um, authoritative school board members and depending on what state you're in, governors are trying to uh, tell children that books are bad and dangerous and taking them off the shelves or telling you them that, you know, their lives are not legitimate. Because here in Florida, it doesn't matter what grade you're in, if you have two moms or two dads at home, 
you're not allowed to ask about that at school. You're not allowed to talk about relationships like that at school. If you're a teacher in a same-sex marriage or relationship, you can't have a picture of you and your spouse on your desk lest some innocent child ask you, why are there two women there? What is this about? Because you're not allowed to say gay. You can say gay. You just can't talk about uh, sexual preference. You can't talk about uh, gender identity. You can't. You can't even discuss. You can't talk about a period. Women, girls in middle school who are waking up, not knowing what's going on because some parents don't talk to their children, can't even ask about it in school. They're not allowed to talk about it. And what's happening now is people. Teachers are leaving the profession. So I found this, this um, I, I didn't find it. Somebody sent me this video. It was from the Los Angeles Unified School District. A woman named Ms. Goldberg sits on the school board. And um, I think she finally had enough of all the ridiculousness. And you know what it's like when a teacher tells you what she really thinks? Ms. Goldberg, tell us what you really think. I read you the entire book. It had one sentence. Families can also be two parents that are mothers and two parents that are fathers. They were told, the parents at that school, that if it was very difficult for their children to be in that room, that they didn't have to be in the room. They announced the assembly told all the parents, if this is a problem for you, we get it. You know, I've been confronting this issue my entire life. Mm. I have been threatened. I have been harassed. I've been denied jobs because of who I am and who I love. You don't have to love me. You don't have to like me. You can think I'm the devil incarnate. But you better treat me like a decent human being because that's how I treat you, even though you don't believe that I have the right to exist. Wow. I am very tired of having young people and adults in the LGBT community hear uh, three days of yelling and screaming about this. What do you think that did to them? What do you think that did to every gay teacher, every gay custodian, every gay worker in this city, every gay kid? What do you think that did to them? It made them afraid. It made them afraid. How dare you make them afraid because you are. Ms. Goldberg. Uh, from the L.A. Unified School District. And I'll tell you, I didn't think I would hear that out of Los Angeles, California, of course, uh, the most progressive state in the union. She's, she's dealt with this her whole life. And, and here we are in 2023 when it should be getting easier. It should be getting better. Isn't that what we tell them? It gets better. We tell kids it gets better. Sometimes it gets worse. Thank goodness for Ms. Goldberg. But this is an ongoing fight. You know, what? how many years ago was it? Like almost 10 years ago, marriage equality. Who would have ever thought we'd be taking these giant steps backwards? Uh, women 
got the right to choose what happens with our bodies when I was, before I was in high school, I think it was 73, right? Uh, Right as I was entering high school. I never thought we'd go back. And so, um, you know, here's my segue. There are some people who, and they're mostly on the right, they're Republicans, mostly because I guess most celebrities and musicians um, <laughs> lean left. They don't, they don't, uh, they're not in that other uh, clique for whatever reason. Um, oh, Caroline's asking why, Nicole, we have lots of outspoken activists here in Los Angeles. Oh, I know you do. It's because I didn't think there would be discrimination of this sort there, of, of all places. I didn't think teachers, I thought they would have an easier time of it. I didn't think that the attitudes would be that backward in L.A. I know you've got uh, activists there. I'm not, I'm not questioning that. I'm questioning the need. I know we need people like that here in Florida to fight back against the authoritarian uh, tendencies of this creepy governor. Um, I just, I, I expected it. I didn't expect it there. Anyway, that's the... Uh, um, uh, that that's where I was going with that. But so, so uh, you know, uh, there are those who bemoan, um, uh, you know, m- artists, musicians, uh, actors, celebrities, um, and their ability to uh, to talk and to give their opinions, to to take a political stance on anything. But I say the reason they criticize is because they don't, the, the only celebrities they have are, you know, Kid Rock and Ted Nugent. Right? So, anyway, um, I think it's important that people who have an audience, they have a built in audience. Whoop, uh, I wasn't going to take any phone calls right now, but um, you know what, David? I, I, I can't take your call. And it, that wasn't my David. It was different David because this is pre recorded and I'm going to run out of time and I don't want to. So, uh, sorry, no, no call today. I should take the phone number off the, the Chiron. Anyway, anyway, the, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to talk and chew gum at the same time here. So, bottom line is anybody with a voice has the right to speak out. And to let their fans, you know, today they call them influencers, right? Influencers use their voice to promote a product or an ideology. And, um, you know, when we listened to Ms. Goldberg on the L.A. Unified School District board, um, we realize that uh, um, how important it is that everybody have a voice and those who speak to their communities um, should speak up, right? And it's that's one of the topics I touched on today, well, in this interview, with Melissa Etheridge. So, again, if you're just joining us, we recorded this about a month ago. Um, I, I was going to see her, uh, and I'm planning, I'm working on this new project with a bunch of other radio veterans, women, from the radio industry, um, and we're putting together a multifaceted online community. It's going to be called Women Who Rock. And I've been assembling interviews for to use for our kickoff week. Well, I thought today we could use a little bit of a, um, a palate cleanser after the news of the last few days and just clear our minds of the 
ugliness from Miami and Trump and all that and just spend a little bit of time with the great Melissa Etheridge. So with no further ado, uh, let's do it. Uh, Here we go. And it's lightning here. So sorry about Jackson barking, but I'm going to turn down that sound. And here we go. It's been a while, but I'm so happy to welcome Melissa Etheridge to Women Who Rock. This is our new venture. We are getting together with a bunch of, well, as the name implies, Women Who Rock. And of course, uh, one of the first names that came to me was Melissa Etheridge. So hi there. It's been a while. Hey, Nicole. Gosh, it's good good to see you and talk to you again. And you too. You know, I was looking back because we're looking back on careers and such. And I realize, oh my God, Melissa, it's been over 35 years. I remember being at KNX FM in Los Angeles and hearing this record coming out of Rick Shaw's office, who was right, his office was right next door to mine. And it was bring me some water. And I, I mean, 35 years ago, and I still remember walking in there and saying, what is this? Oh my God. And here we are 35 years later. It's, Pretty incredible. Congratulations on an amazing career. Thank you. I have enjoyed it one day at a time, and it's still still growing, and I'm still learning, and I'm still really enjoying it. And and it's obvious. You know, you've got so much going on. Um, I, I know you've just embarked on your new summer tour. We're, we're recording this the very end of April um, in advance of the launch of Women Who Rock. But we want you there for when we launch. So um, we're doing this a little in advance. And um, so I'll be seeing you actually here in South Florida in a few weeks. You're playing May 12th at uh, Pompano Beach Amphitheater, which is always wonderful. We're going to cross paths next week in New Orleans. You're going to be at Jazz Fest. Have you played Jazz Fest before? I played Jazz Fest about, Lord, about 20 years ago, maybe. Wow. Long time. Yeah. I, I, really, I was supposed to play it, you know, in 2020, and then that got pushed now. I'm finally getting there to 2023. Well, awesome. So it is 2023. You have, it's actually a couple of new records out. The pandemic really threw us all out of kilter, didn't it? Right? You had just released an album, The Medicine Show. Had just come out, really, when the pandemic hit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. came out in, I did a whole tour backing up The Medicine Show and was uh, and kind of ended that in 2019. I think it came out in 2018. And then I was getting ready to go back on tour. was just going to do a little summer thing and then maybe record something after that. And um, wow. And then my my dates, I was going out in March, March 24th. So my dates just started getting canceled and it just it just became the weirdest thing I'd ever experienced. Wasn't it? Now, I know you spent a lot of time online. You know, we, we may have all been stuck in our homes and couldn't get out, but you made sure to stay in touch with your fans and you, you embraced the online thing, which a lot of artists did, but it, uh, it worked out okay, I'm guessing. Yeah, this was, uh, it, it started with a, a, a sweet thought I had right when everything started shutting down. I was like, oh, people are going to be home. I'll just, I'll just get online on Facebook for like 15, 20 minutes a day, every day. I'm just going to sing a little something every day. And the days went by and went by. And after a couple of weeks, I thought, Oh, I'm going to be doing this a long, long time. time. 
what happened is I started realizing, oh, the, I mean, I had thousands of followers and and people every day would tune in. It, it was three o'clock Western, six o'clock Eastern. And and every day I would come into people's homes and, and they were all getting together on the chat. And so um, in June, actually, after my son passed away, it really was very healing for me to uh, build a streaming kind of studio in my garage and my, my wife works uh in television so i enlisted her to run the cameras and we made this thing that really had never been made before because i kept doing things that the companies would go wait our, our cameras don't do that you're using three of our cameras what are you doing because <laughs> you, know, uh, you know she came from you know big production television and so we we made this great set and we just it really healed us and we um Five night, five days a week, we would uh, do shows, either music or some fun talk things we would do, and um, and we uh, had had a subscription, so people would subscribe, and I would do the five shows a week, and and it just became a real beautiful community, and it paid the bills, and you know, and I got back in touch with my songs that I hadn't done in so long. I ended up performing every single song I'd ever recorded, wow, which is a lot. And, um, I, it, it, it kind of ignited interest in my older music in me. Well, I'll, I'll bet. And it, it, it had to have been, um, a nice way to reconnect with fans as well, because they, you know, when you play out in shows, a regular tour, there's a distance between you and the audience, except for the precious few who get to come and say hello and shake your hand. But this really brings you face to face in a in a new and different way but it very personal something that was not possible before yeah it um we would connect with fans we would call fans you know they would the ones that would be on every single day you know we mm-hmm. would call and it became a community and they got to ask questions and you know what what we wanted to talk about or or stuff like that and and it was um it was just so uh Really, really amazing, and still is. There's a there's a real strong community now in my fan base. It's really nice. I call it the pandemic silver lining. You know, I think we all drew on some kind of new strength because to be stuck at home for two to three years, and the the entire planet experiencing that at the same time was something different and unusual. Um, I took up painting. I never had any artistic ability before, and now all of a sudden I'm Miss Craft, and I paint pet portraits and things. So who knew? Um, so we right, but now we're itching to get back out. And you are on tour. It's nice to be out in front of a, a full audience again, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And this tour, I finally feel like everyone has relaxed and they're comfortable, and they don't mind being shoulder to shoulder, and everyone's screaming and hollering, and they're just they're. It's sort of back or forward. I don't know how to, you know, think about it to a new um, enjoyment of of live music. And live music is so important. People getting together and and experiencing something and watching and participate. It's just. I mean, I know I'm a healthier person because of it. So I, I really, I'm really glad to see everybody this this time out. Oh, you and me both, and I'm I'm so looking forward to your show. Pompano Beach Amphitheater is also a, a great venue, and they've given it a facelift since you were last there. Since I was last there, I haven't been there since the pandemic, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to some well end of summer reading. You've got a book coming out, Talking to My Angels. This is actually your second book, yeah. 
Yeah, it's very different than my first one. My first one was like, oh, this is my life. This is what I did. I, I feel like my, my, my first one was kind of an introduction, a little something, because so much of the, like, really intense things in my life happened after that book. And I did so much of my own learning and changing and growth. And I wanted to share that with people because they, they asked me uh, a lot. And, you know, I, I went through cancer. I've, I've become a, a plant medicine advocate. Um, I lost my son to opioid addiction, you know, and there's a lot of questions of, you know, how, you know, how, how one goes through that as a parent. And I just wanted to uh, put it all in a book. I wanted to sort of tell people, you know, what, that this life is about creating and, and enjoyment and my my son who i believe his spirit is in the non-physical and and i i i can feel that i believe that he wants me to be happy he wants our family to be happy and and so i wanted to share that in a book and the book comes out in september well i hope i w- i can't wait to read it and i hope you'll come back on after the book i interview a lot of authors so i'd love to get into it with you and really get into some of this i know we do, we don't have a lot of time now but of course i wanted to talk to you and be one of our inaugural guests uh, on women who rock but i i'm like first of all there's the melissa etheridge foundation and a lot of this deals with the loss of your son and helping other uh people who are in his position where you're you're prescribed legitimate medication that's supposed to help you. You know, look, I went through cancer too. And I had, you know, I had lung cancer and I was uh, prescribed opioids after my surgery. And it took me a while to get off of them. But uh, this is an issue that we all must deal with. And you went through it in a way that thankfully most people don't have to, but it gives you a whole different perspective and helping others deal with it. Yeah. Opioid addiction affects whole families and, and whole, uh, you know, groups of people it can because when loved ones uh, who are experiencing who it, it's and it's connected with mental health too. It's mm-hmm. not there's not one little answer how to you know keep people from getting addicted. You know, we know the certain carelessness in the pharmaceutical industry, but you know they're going to make things here's something that stops pain boom there you go it's you know it's and then what goes beyond that is you know pain and emotional pain and physical pain and 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 just we are learning i think as a society as we as we grow and develop and 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 you know become our 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 technology becomes so much more that that our own we're learning so much more about our emotional uh, selves and our bodies mm-hmm. and and connected we are with plant medicine and my deep belief is one of the ways out of this one of the ways that is so bright in the future is understanding um psychedelic medicine understanding plant medicine understanding um you know you know that, that, that this is different that that pharmaceuticals drugs and plant drugs medicine are these are two different things and how uh the Etheridge foundation is we put money we find research we fund research for these uh companies who are really it's hard because it's sort of 
the laws in in different countries are, you know, everyone's kind of here we go. Don't quite know how to how to legislate this. But um, the, part of it is they say, oh, we don't have the the research. We don't have the data. So I'm like, well, Etheridge Foundation is going to pay to get data. It's going to find the data so that we can come and say, look, here's your data. This is working. This is an answer. This is an alternative. Let's, you know, let's change the laws. Let's, you know, get this into people's hands. Let's try to, you know, so we're doing the research all around the world right now. And you have very, very, and you have some products as well. You have etheridgeorganics.com, uh, which I was going through it now. So, and I'm a believer in, in, in the potency of CBD to, for pain relief. Yeah. Um, I cracked a few ribs a year or two ago. Nothing helped but CBD. Like, uh, yeah. it, it, it blew my mind because I didn't expect it. But I know all your stuff is hemp based, not, not, um, cannabis based. Yeah, that's legally, that's what we have to do. It's uh, unfortunate, but hemp is cannabis. It's just the, uh, it's the, <laughs> it's actually the male version of the plant. <laughs> right. the, the female part gets you high. <laughs> yeah, the female part gets you high. Exactly. And so it's the other part. I, I, I still believe in whole medicine. I believe in the whole plant medicine. And, and I think the THC at different levels has a lot to give folks. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, CBD is beginning. If we can, if we can get in and do that, let's start, let's, let's go. Most definitely. And a, and a few minutes ago, you mentioned uh, psychedelics. So you're going to be one of the keynote speakers at the 2023 psychedelic science conference in June. You're going to have a benefit show to follow it. And you talk about psilocybin and, and, and in terms of there's a lot of research out there now that shows great, help for mental health issues. Um, it's done under, you know, supervision where, but with the, you know, the people guiding you who know what they're doing, I, I'm hearing just great results. Yes. It's pretty, it's pretty astounding. And um, uh, it just, let's start with hospice care. Let's start with uh, dying with dignity. Let's start yes. with you know, people come to the end of life. You know, we're, we're, the funny thing is we're all going to die. That's something that happens to all of us. That's I true. mean, we're really not out of this alive. So um, might as well sort of go, okay, well, that's something that will happen. And how about making that a, a, a wonderful experience instead of, you know, so frightening. Right. So let's just start there with psilocybin and, and there's just dozens and dozens and hundreds of wonderful uses. Please. Um, Melissa Etheridge is with us. I know you've only got a couple more minutes and we've spoken through the years. I know after my time in music radio, I got into politics. We we spoke when I was on the air at Air America about different issues that you were involved with. You've never been afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Well, now we're we're in some very, very strange times. Thank you for coming to Florida. I'm actually in the process of leaving here because this state has become unrecognizable. We're, we're going to be moving to Arizona. It's not a whole lot better, but at least they didn't elect the fascists. So that's where we're going. And but watching what is happening, not only here, but around the country in regards to um, open um, discrimination against and 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 just villainization of the LGBTQ plus community, Um, gay, uh, trans people. Oh, my God, I have a very dear friend who's a trans woman and I can't even imagine what she's going through. I mean, I know, but I, I can't 
it's unconscionable what's happening and it's around the country. Um, I know this is a, an issue for you as well. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just an old trick in an old book to cause, to give people an enemy, to give them, you know, oh, this person is different. And it, it's just, oh, it, it, you, know, you can look all through history and you see how fascist governments have done that. It's, it's, it's the top of their playbook. And, you know, any, anything like, um, you know, homosexuality or trans, you know, gendered, a lot of people don't understand. They, they just don't understand. And what they don't understand, they're afraid of. Right. And, and anytime you're afraid of something like that, there is someone who can come along and say, yes, well, I'll keep you safe from that. I'll, you know, even though there's just because you don't understand it, you fear it, but there's no danger involved. And, and um, you know, they can be very, when someone starts feeding into your fears and making you feel safe, then they can get power. Absolutely. And it's, it's simple. And we've seen through throughout history what happens. And um, I, I, I believe in my country. I believe in America. I have, I've lived long enough to see, you know, my country do amazing things and, and come so far. I have benefited from that. I, I, um, I'm successful and, and I, I know, I know this country is, is amazing and I love it. And I know that there are people who are afraid of things and, uh, that's going to never change, but the people in power, I think these, I think the next decade is going to be a lot of shining a really big light on some of these people that um, want to divide and uh, villainize a whole group of other people. It's, it's old. It's last century. It doesn't work anymore. I think that more and more people understand, realize that strength comes from diversity. We would not like it if we were all the same. It would not. That's not, that's not what the creator meant. You know, it, it, you, you want to know, you want choices. You want to go, I like this better than that. But just because you like something better than something else doesn't mean you have to kill that other that's thing right. or make, make it go away. You know, every, I, freedom is a beautiful, Beautiful, beautiful idea and a beautiful thing. And if if we can understand that my freedom does not ever hurt your freedom. That's right. And then that's American. And I still believe in that. And I I, I feel very positive for my country and and my brothers and sisters in Florida. They are some of the bravest people I know. And, you know, thank you for for being there and doing what you can. and, And I love you. Well, I love you too. I can't wait to see you. Um, I've got a million more questions for you. I guess so I'll have to save them for next time. But are you still headed for Broadway? Oh, yeah. Going to be on Broadway uh, September through December. Come up there. Come up and see my show. It's called My Window. It's going to be at the Circle in the Square. Awesome. I, I, you know, we've talked about Bruce Springsteen before, but I got Bruce with the book and the Broadway show. Was there any Bruce influence in in this trajectory here? I just think it's a path that, you know, that um, is natural. And I definitely know that after Bruce did his thing on Broadway, that it opened the door and made it 
a little more understandable when I said, hey, I, I'd like to do something. They're all, oh, yeah, well, Bruce did. So it's like, okay, it's completely different than Bruce's thing. But, um, you know, this is, I, I, he is such a you know, huge influence and, and just a, such a great artist in our American songbook. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, that's a, a, a fandom we have in, in common for sure. Melissa <laughs> Etheridge, I, I'm excited to see you. I know the, the latest album, the newest album is called One Way Out, and it's actually songs that you'd recorded over the years that never made it on to any of your other albums. And you, it's like an orphan's record. Yes. Orphans record. Yes. That's exactly it. I had, I had recorded them a, a, a few years earlier because I thought I was going to do a box set with Island records, but then I realized, Oh, they just make all the money and I wouldn't make any money. I was like, well, let's maybe rethink that. And then I got off of Island and, and now I, uh, really enjoying my independence. Good. But, um, so I had recorded them and they were my masters. So when BMG during the pandemic said, you know, do you have anything? I was like, well, you know, no one's, we're not going to the studio or anything. So I have these tracks and they were like, you got it. And they, at the time were older tracks that I, that were orphans of the earlier albums. And so it was just a really nice way to get these songs out and so much fun to play nowadays. I, I, I throw in one song a night and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. They sound like they were on the other records. Right. Well, your music has a timeless quality to it. I mean, bring me some water could come out today and and it would be a hit again as it should be because it's just a brilliant song but i'm also you know back with women who rock i'm programming music again and it's been a while and can i just tell you this human chain what a brilliant song that is i've been playing that in heavy right now in our test because we're not live yet but uh, every time it comes on i go god that's a great song oh great song i love that that's off the medicine show that came, you know, when, when sort of this, this sort of the new wave of, you know, fascism or whatever was starting to come in. It's like, Oh, let's not forget our humanness. And every time I, you know, I, I look for the good news on, on the social platforms and things. And, and um, whenever I hear about, about human chains, you know, people coming together and helping the, the, the inspiration for that was uh, someone was, and this happens actually a lot. I found a lot of these stories is, is someone is drowning and, you know, getting taken away by the riptide and, and everyone forms a human chain and, you know, brings the person in. And that's just what we do as humans. We don't stop and go, are you Republican? Are you, right. you know, are you black, white, you know, we save the person. We need to get back to that. Yeah. We do. Well, we're, we go forward to that too. That's true. I like that. That's a better way to position it. We're moving forward to that. Melissa Etheridge, uh, check out her tour. You're touring through August and then, then you head to Broadway. So I guess you got the rest of the year planned out. Sounds pretty good. Yes, I do. But I'm very, I'm looking forward to all of it. As are we. Um, go to MelissaEtheridge.com. You get all the tour dates. You can have all the releases there. Other projects. You're busy. And I guess that's the way to do it. You keep busy. You keep moving forward. And, you know, 35 years later, I'm just, I'm so thrilled that you're still at the top of your game. And I'm, I'm thrilled to have an outlet now to play your music once again. So um, onward to greater things. Melissa Etheridge, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nicole. Keep rocking.
Keep rocking. Melissa Etheridge, that, what a treat that was for me. And again, yeah, I've known her, um, uh, not well, you know, friendly acquaintance. I've, she's visited me at uh, at least four radio stations <laughs> over the years, uh, has been on the air with me and, and, uh, and then was, um, you know, also joined me on Air America, um, when, uh, when Air America was, uh, was on. Um, this was uh, just if if you're watching a video feed. Here's a couple of pictures from when we we did get to see her, uh, the week or two weeks after the interview at the Pompano Beach Amphitheater. Uh, there's uh, Melissa and David and me. So anyway, Melissa Etheridge. Um, I'll tell you what. I can't play music on this show, you know. Um, but but when the show ends. I'm going to cut off the video. And if you're listening on my audio stream, go to uh, NicoleSandlerStream.com or go to NicoleSandler.com slash listen-live. And I'll play the song that we were just talking about. I just can't put it over YouTube or I'll get violated. Um, You'll notice we did talk about um, mental health because obviously she's dealt with so much from her own cancer and the death of her son. Um, and she talked about psychedelics. Look, the, the nice thing is we're talking about mental health as an issue. And there's no shame to it. So tomorrow I'll tell you more about BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com slash Nicole Sandler. Uh, go there and read about it. And I'll tell you more about it tomorrow. With that, we're done. Um, uh, tomorrow is Thursday. Howie Klein will be here. And we'll see what else uh, the news brings us. I don't know about you. I needed a break from all the politics and from all the Trump talk. I'll tell you one nice thing over the last couple of years is not hearing his voice every day. And sadly, you know, here he is all the time again. Um, yeah, I'll leave it leave it at that. Um, so, uh, and Friday, just a heads up, we have a, there's a book that I thought sounded really interesting. It's called How to Survive History. I guess we could use that right about now. So, all right. Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. I will see you tomorrow. um, And uh, appreciate you hanging and, and supporting this show. All right. Have a good night. And again, come over to the audio stream and you'll hear the Melissa Etheridge song I was just telling you about. All right. Thanks. Bye.
I'm 